Welcome to Charm the Water. My name is Aaron David, and uh, this is going to continue our fall season short story reading. This is going to be Valpurgisnacht by Roger Zelazny. And uh, Zelazny himself has this to say about his story. A while back, my mother-in-law phoned to ask me whether I'd read a recent Irma Bombeck column. I confessed that I had not. It told, I was told, of the invention of the talking tombstone, a monument containing a recorded message from the deceased to the bereaved. The inventor, she said, was one Stanley Zelazny of California, and she wanted to know whether he was yet another relative of exotic and morbid sensibility gained upon the occasion of her daughter's marriage to myself. A bit of amusing upon the invention became the basis for this story. And well, I do have a cousin by that name, and he does live in California, but we've been out of touch for a long time. I honestly do not know whether he is indeed the father of the talking tombstone. If he is, this story is for him. If not, I suppose it should be for the other Stan Zlazny, who could, I guess, also be related. Either way, it's a sometime good feeling to keep things in the family. Walpurgisnacht. Sunny and summer, he walked the sweeping cobbled path beside the fringe of shrubbery, map in one hand, wreath in the other, passing from rest aisle to funerary glade. Grassy mounds with embedded bronze plaques lay along the way, beds of flowers pale and bright, alternated with gazebos, low stone walls, fake Grecian ruins, stately trees. Occasionally, he paused to check a plate, consult the map. At length, he came to a heavily shaded glade. Recorded bird songs were the only sounds in the low, cool area. The numbers were running higher here, yes. He put aside the chart and the wreath and he knelt. He ran his fingers across the plate that read, Arthur Abel Andrews, above a pair of dates. He located the catch and sprung the plate. Within the insulated box beneath was a button. He pressed it and a faint humming sound began. This vanished as he snapped the plate shut. Well now, it's been a while since I've had any visitors. The young man looked up suddenly, though he had known what to expect. Uncle Arthur, he said, regarding the suddenly materialized form of the ruddy, heavy-set man with the shifty eyes who now occupied the space above the mound. Uh, how are you? The man dressed in dark trousers, a white shirt, sleeves rolled up to the elbows, maroon tie hanging loosely about his neck, smiled. At peace. I'm supposed to say that when you ask. It's in the program. Now, let's see. Your... Your nephew, Raymond. I was only here once before when I was little. Ah, yes. Sarah's son. How is she these days? Doing fine. Just had her third liver transplant. 
She's off on the Riviera right now. Raymond thought about the computer somewhere beneath his feet. Programmed with photos of the departed, it could produce a life-sized moving hologram from recorded samples of his uncle's speech. It could reproduce his voice patterns and conversation from the results of a battery of tests and a series of brainwave readings, along with a large block of information, personal, family, and general. It could respond in character to anyone's queries. Despite this knowledge, Raymond found it unnerving. It was far too real, far too much like that shrewd, black sheep relative last seen through the eyes of youth with a kind of awe and wrapped now in death's own mysteries. The man he had been told had a way of spoiling anything. Uh, brought you a nice wreath, uncle. Pink rosebuds. Great, the man said, glancing down at them. Just what I need to liven things up here. He turned away. He was seated upon a high stool that swiveled. Before him was the partial image of a bar, complete with brass rail. A stein of beer stood before him upon it. He took hold of it and raised it, sipped. Raymond recalled that the cooperation of the person being memorialized, being necessary, the choice of a favorite location for the memorial photographs were generally left up to the soon-to-be-departed. If you don't like flowers, uncle, I can always exchange them or just take them back. His uncle set down the mug, belched gently, and shook his head. No, no, leave the damn things. I just thought of a use for them. Arthur got down from the stool. He stopped, he stooped, and picked up the wreath. Raymond stumbled backward. Uncle, how did you do that? It's a material object and... Arthur strolled toward a mound across the way, carrying the pink circlet. It's a laser force field combination, he commented. Produces a holographic pressure interface. Latest thing. But how did you come by it? You've been... Arthur chuckled. Left a little trust account to keep updating my hardware and such. He stooped and pried up a brass headplate. What's your range, anyway? About 20 meters, his uncle replied. Then I start to fade out. Used to be only 10 feet. There! He pressed a button and a tall, pale-haired woman with green eyes and a laughing mouth materialized beside him. Melissa, my dear, I've brought you some flowers, he said, passing her the wreath. What grave did you get them from, Arthur, she said, taking it into her hands. Now, now, they're really mine to give. Well, in that case, thank you. I might wear one in my hair or upon your breasts when we step out tonight. Oh, I was thinking of a party. Will you be free? Yes, that sounds lively. How will you manage it? Arthur turned. I'd like you to meet my nephew, Raymond Asher. Raymond, this is... What the fuck? Melissa DeWeese? Are you shitting me?
no way. I'd like you to meet my nephew, Raymond Asher. Raymond, this is Melissa DeWeese. Oh, wow. Happy to meet you, Raymond said. Melissa smiled. Pleased, she replied, nodding. Oh, man, this is weird. Arthur winked. I'm sure I can arrange everything, he said, taking her hand. I believe you can, Arthur, she answered, touching his cheek. She drew loose a rosebud and set it in her hair. Till then, she said, good evening to you, Raymond. And she faded and was gone, dropping the wreath upon the center of the mound. Arthur shook his head. Husband poisoned her, he said. What a waste. Uncle, death does not seem to have improved your morals a single bit, Raymond stated. And chasing dead women, that's necro... (laughs) Now, now, Arthur said, (laughs) turning and moving back toward the bar. It's all a matter of attitude. I'm sure you'll see these things in a totally different light one day. He raised his mug and smacked his lips. Nepenthe, he observed. Necro Hall. Uncle, (laughs) I know, I know, Arthur said. You want something. Why else would you come here after all these years to visit me? Well, to tell the truth, by all means tell it. It's a luxury few can afford. You always were considered a financial genius. True, he (laughs) He made a sweeping gesture. That's why I can afford the best life has to offer. Well, a lot of the family money is tied up in Cybersoul stock and... Sell, damn it! Get rid of it, quick! Really? It's going to take a real beating. (laughs) And it won't be coming back. Wait a minute. I was going to brief you first and hope... Brief me. (laughs) Oh my God. I have abstracts of all the leading financial journals broadcast to my central processor on a regular basis. You'll lose your shirt if you stay with Cybersol. (laughs) Okay, I'll dump it. What should I go into? (laughs) Oh my god. As you can tell, none of these stories that I've selected to read, I've read before. Oh. Alright, continuing on. Uh, His uncle smiled. A favor for a favor, nephew. A little quid, quid pro quo here. What do you mean? Advice of the quality I offer is worth more than a few lousy flowers. It looks as like you'll be getting a good return on them. Oni sweet qui mali pence, Raymond. And I need a little more help along those lines. Such as, you come here about midnight and push everybody's buttons in this whole section. I'm going to give a big party. Uncle, that sounds positively indecent. And then get the hell out. You're not invited. Oh, my God. 
Oh, jeez. I, I don't know. Do you mean that in this modern antiseptic age, you're afraid to come into, <laughs> into a graveyard? Pardon me, cemetery? No, that's not either. That's not it either. Memorial Park, yes. At midnight, <laughs> and press a few buttons. <laughs> Jesus, get it together. Well, no, that's not it exactly, but I've got a feeling you carry on worse than the living. I'd hate to be the instigator of a brand new vice. Oh, don't let that bother you. We thought it up ourselves, and as soon as we get the timers installed, we won't need you. Look at it as contributing to the sum total of joy in the world. Besides, you want to preserve the family fortune, don't you? Yes? See you at 12, then. All right. And remember, I've got a heavy date. Don't let me down, boy. I won't. Uncle Arthur raised his mug and faded. As Raymond walked back along the shaded aisles, he had a momentary vision of Totenaz, of a skeletal fiddler wrapped in tattered ceremonies and seated atop a tombstone, grinning as the mournful dead cavorted about him while bats dipped and rats swirled in the shadows, but for a moment only. And then it was replaced by one of brightly garbed dancers, mirrors, colored lights, body paint, where disco sound rolled from overhead amplifiers. Death threw down his fiddle, and when he saw that his garments had become very mod, he stopped smiling. His gaze focused for a moment upon a grinning man with a stein of beer, and then he turned away. Uncle Arthur had a way of spoiling anything. Wow. I've got to make a little bit of commentary on this. Uh, so, this whole idea was to just kind of, in the fall season, uh, read some fiction that would be appropriate to the fall season out of my short story collections that I've collected, but a lot of them I've never read before. And I have read uh, a couple of Rogers Lasney's books in the past, and I really enjoyed them. And really enjoyed his writing style. And so that was my first reading of this story. And I thought, I thought, wow, this is really not dated, uh, not aged well. Because, I mean, I remember last time I was at the cemetery, there was like a digital uh, screen with the, playing pictures of the dead person. And I was like, wow, this is really not aged well. You know, this is, you know... <laughs> Not that far-fetched, but then how Zelazny took it to where, like, the dead had taken on a uh, a life of their own in this digital space. Didn't see that one coming. And then he mentioned a Melissa DeWeese, and that blew me away. Because that is my last name. Uh, now it's out with that reaction. <laughs> and uh, it's Dutch for the orphan. 
and uh, the the online um, genealogical uh, narrative given is that uh, one guy, one Dutch guy, was so pissed off at his dad, uh, he changed his name to the orphan, and all of a sudden, for the first time, Deweeses showed up in America under this brand new name, Deweese, uh, the orphan. And so it said that all Deweeses go back to that guy who got pissed, so pissed off as his dad, he changed his name and left. <laughs> changed his name, not just changed his name, but changed his name to the orphan, which it's like, my God, uh, what did what happened there but uh that's the story that uh, i kind of i've not looked a lot into genealogical things but that's what i heard that all deweeses stem f- from uh that happening and before that deweese was not found as a name and so certainly uh it's strange that that name is used in uh Zelazny's story. Deweese is also a name used in uh, uh, the art art what is it? Zen motorcycle book. I haven't read it. I collected it one time. The art and Zen of motorcycle maintenance. Something like that. I know there's a character's name in it is Deweese and uh, there was also a Deweese I, I want to say Jean Deweese I'm not sure that was a uh, writer of Star Trek potboiler novels and then there's also a Deweese who is directly related to my dad who was in the uh, Southern Baptist movement and wrote several academic books on uh, Southern Baptist history and such uh, but yeah that was a shock so alright we'll see what happens in the next story so until next time hope you enjoyed it sorry about the stutters and stammers and snickers I'll try to do better next time